0: If there's one thing we've learned, and we probably haven't learned anything.
1: Today is January 20th, 2023, and you are listening to episode 12 of the Tom and Scott podcast show. Broadcasting from both ends of the I-35 corridor directly to your ears with a fresh look at pop culture, current events, and whatever we find interesting. I'm Scott, the guy who wishes he has wedge shooters, and...
0: I'm Tom, and I take classified documents. Seriously.
1: (laughs) Yes, very (laughs) seriously. And you store them next to your Corvette. That's right. (laughs) Well, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today, everyone.
0: Yeah, good to have you along. I hope we can... Keep your interest in the, in our virtual Waffle House trip there once you go. again.
1: <laughs> That's right. I uh, happy New Year to you, Tom. That's yeah, our f- to you too. first podcast of twenty twenty three. A- actually, this is my first one. Yeah, I do a number of podcasts, and this is actually my first one of twenty twenty three. So there's that. I think the
0: the Lunar New Year is coming up. I think this weekend too. So. Yeah, isn't the
1: Chinese New Year mm. start somewhere in here yeah. too? Uh. Yeah, so a lot lot going on. Um, I'm sure I have much more in the northern latitudes here. I'm sure I have much more on the ground of snow than you do down in Texas.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, I hate to say this, but last week I was complaining because it was really hot. <laughs> it was in the 90s, so I, oh, it really? isn't today. But yeah, it was really hot and humid. So yeah, But uh, that's okay. We get ours every once in a while. Yeah.
1: But it's nice. It lasts for about 10 minutes. Yeah. And we just got uh, a couple of days ago, we just got another six inches, which mm. it, in some ways I'm okay with because you know how when snow sits around for a while, it starts to get like filthy, just look filthy. So oh, yeah. every once in a while having a nice, nice fresh coat to whiten everything back up, you know, I don't mind that. Makes everything look bright and new again, like Christmas morning
0: it's all an illusion though yeah, that's six right. inches down it's still filthy
1: that's right <laughs> at the, well at the center of every snowflakes a little piece of dirt right <laughs> so the, nice. uh, yeah i always marveled uh, down from my house uh, about a mile and a half is a cisco distribution center and they have the most amazing piles of snow by the end of the winter. That you know, because they've been cleaning their parking lot and all that. Mm-hmm. But the when all that snow melts, the pile of filth that is left over <laughs> is amazing. It is. <laughs>
0: and it, it's like it's uh, it's like they blow it up and it's a nice white balloon, and then it shrinks down. Yeah, and all the filth has become yeah. consolidated and. Yeah, I almost I, expect it to get up and walk away sometimes it's so crazy
1: right and it, it goes beyond thinking don't eat the yellow snow don't maybe you shouldn't eat any snow because <laughs> that's in the center of all of that stuff oh. mm-hmm. uh yeah and we're we're dealing with uh, we had a dishwasher that had a bad connection in the back of it that we didn't know about till our kids were um staying with us between Christmas and New Year's and we were running with all the grandkids here. We were running the dishwasher like twice a day and all of a sudden we did found out that it was leaking. So we've got a big blow dryer or these big floor air dryers and had to have a restoration company come in and cut some of the kitchen floor out and the ceiling and the basement and all that stuff. So having a lot of fun with that. The The interesting thing about it is these heaters that, or these uh, blowers have small heaters in them to heat the air up just a little, but it heats up the air next to the thermostat. So uh, in the area of the kitchen and such where it's trying to dry the floor, It heats that area up to eh, lower 80s, which makes the thermostat think that it doesn't need to turn the furnace on. So then other areas of the house are not getting any heat right now because um, the thermostat thinks it's already 80 degrees, so it's not kicking in the furnace. So we have to run a space heater in some of the other bathrooms to keep the pipes from freezing now. So, you know, there's that. Lots of fun.
0: But it, it reminds me of a great quote from a wonderful uh, philosopher, uh, Scotty. <laughs> the more they overtake the plumbing, the easier it is to stop up the drain. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the more automation you have, the more automatically messed up it's going to get. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and one of that the f- keeps me in business.
1: <laughs> one of the facilities we have, we have two boilers, but it has a central, there's a chemical that goes in the water that runs through the boiler system. And there's a central tank and a one pump to supply that chemical to both boilers, but the um, the company that comes and services those boilers is recommending we split that pump uh, into and in the tank into two, so each boiler has its own system. And I'm in my head, I was just thinking that because This is a conversation we were having late yesterday. Was okay, so are we going from one point of failure to two points of failure, or are we taking out one <laughs> point of failure? And you know, we're just making the system more complicated. So, does that mean it's all going to simply crash and burn more often? I, you know, it's hard to figure that out sometimes,
0: but uh, it's it's funny. Uh, the concept of single point of failure, some people really Fail, haha, mm-hmm. to understand it. It's like it's supposed to mean redundancy, so it doesn't fail if one point goes off. Right. But some people put many points of failure in a in a line in in series. When, well, that's way worse.
1: Yep. Okay. Yep.
0: <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, that's it's a funny human thing. We're we, we catch on to the concept, but we don't. We're not uh, correcting it. We're correcting the concept. It's it's weird.
1: Yeah. We're not fixing the true problem; we're fixing the symptom. Uh, welcome, yeah. welcome to modern medicine, folks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and that's why everybody online is a doctor. That's, yeah. <laughs> or at least they think they are,
1: because
0: uh, because we understand so little of it truly, but we have a lot of opinions.
1: Well, as the old saying goes, that's why physicians are only practicing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very
1: nice. <laughs> well, what's your interesting fact of the day to share with us?
0: Well, coincidentally <laughs> no. Originally <laughs> I was gonna talk about um LEDs. Oh yeah. And I started looking into that because it's something of interest lately, it's something I've been working on. I'm gonna put a pin in that and uh something that I kinda already knew about, and I believe you did you do too, pretty well, pretty mm-hmm. sure. Um, and that's classified documents. Somehow it's in the news again, classified what? documents. So I just want to take a step back because there's a lot of perceptions, mm-hmm. uh, again, from somebody who's in the field. Mm-hmm. I, I had a security clearance at one time, and like I said, I think you did too.
1: Yep, I had a top secret SCI security clearance.
0: Oh, okay. I, so I, you had SCI, I had SBI. So okay. I think yours is a little higher than yeah. mine. I was but we were eight, trained the same.
1: I was 18 years old with that security Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I knew so, my
1: 18-year-old uh, self. I have no faith in the U.S. government anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well... I know what's going on now. I yeah. Have more faith in your 18-year-old self. So, um, but anyway, if you think about classified documents, I mean, most people are just it's just a word and it washes over them, but mm-hmm. they're usually quite a bit less exciting than documents from like a Bond movie. Yeah. You know, I I'm sure there's sometimes that somebody actually has the knock list if you saw <laughs> the old Mission Impossible. Impossible. Yeah. I'm sure that there's stuff like that. And there's probably people that have a briefcase with information in it, and I can assure you there are because I did it once. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's another story. It's it's not as it's not as cool as it sounds, but um, it's okay. First of all, let's cover something. So classified documents covers an array of classifications, and it has to do with how damaging these documents can be to national security. So, like, if somebody picked it up and everybody knew it, how damaging would it be? So, um, that can be unclassified, which just means there's no classification. Uh, official, which used to be restricted or for official use only, they also called it, which is F-O-U-O or F-O... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a if, bad word. F-O-U-O. I will go with official. That works better. Um, it's broadly defined as government business. So, there could be some consequences. And then restricted has undesirable effects to national security. Confidential is damage. Secret is serious damage. And then top secret, which is, of course, the highest classification level, is exceptionally grave damage to national security. Now, if you didn't notice, while this seems like a really hard scale, how do you judge that? Well, somebody has to plow through it, give it the proper classification so that uh, the wrong people don't get the information. So a top secret document would cause exceptionally grave damage to national security if made publicly available. So what kind of things can these be? Oh, before I hit that, before I hit that, I did read through, uh, you know, because I'm a Wikipedia and a, and a a Google expert, actually, I don't use Google, but a a search engine expert, but Mm -hmm. I liked on Wikipedia. They had all the other countries that had similar classifications, you know, and,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um, some of them are hilarious because you know the old joke about someone speaking Spanish. You know, my trucko is out of gaso. That's <laughs> kind of what it looked like. It was yeah. like secreto, confidencial. You know, it was really Confiduous. funny to me. But uh, my favorite had to be NATO. So for NATO, they just put NATO in front of it. So it's a NATO secret, NATO confidential, <laughs> NATO restricted. But can you guess what top secret is?
1: Uh, don't know off the top of my head. Uh, NATO secret top it's a it's a
0: trick it's a trap oh
1: it's a trap
0: yeah uh cosmic top secret cosmic top secret <laughs> cosmic a cosmic top secret stands for control of secret material in an international command oh gosh which of course means somebody really wanted to call it cosmic yes if you're asking me yes <laughs> they made those words fit sort of like shield uh in the in the old Marvel comics. Sure. <laughs>
1: so there's some all right
0: well anyway that was that was kind of funny yeah what, what some we major
1: say? was uh smoking peyote someplace over in turkey or something when they made those up uh, it's
0: really really high it's so high it's in the cosmos anyway <laughs> so uh the other thing about uh, uh and and you will certainly know this the other thing about classified documents is regardless of the level so you had to have the appropriate level to view it you also had to have a few things. So the formal security clearance, which we talked about a minute ago, mm-hmm. uh, I was almost twenty when I got mine. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they went and talked to everybody I used to work with and paper route and you know childhood friends and <laughs> all kinds yeah. of things. But you get a formal security clearance, so that determines how how high of a um, how high of a level you can view. And we both had top secret, but I don't think I ever saw any top secret. Um, but anyway, that's the, secure, the highest security level you can view, uh, and then you also have to know, or have to have the need to know. Mm-hmm. So, this is the one that seems to elude everyone else in the world. <laughs> so, no matter what your no matter what your clearance is, if you have top secret grand grand poobah clearance, <laughs> and there's an official document in front of me, in front of you but it's none of your business, uh, you're not supposed to read it. Yeah. You don't have a reason to read it. it you have no business.
1: Absolutely. So yeah. just so, because uh, I rent a house that has top secret things in the garage means I shouldn't read them.
0: <laughs> well, we're getting ahead of ourselves yeah. there. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it kind of confused me because – uh, well, l- let me again, I'll put a pin in that too. Well, well let back me put or... a,
1: a, another pin in that because <laughs> sometimes it's not the, what's in the document or the picture that classifies it, classifies it. It is the method in which that information was obtained. So, um, like I saw all kinds of, uh, I was an imagery interpreter. So I looked at mm-hmm. reconnaissance photos, which is why I had my security clearance. I looked at all kinds of pictures, um, but because they were taken by certain systems that were classified, the, the picture could be of a, a dam or a bridge, but it would have a top secret clearance uh, classification on it simply because of the systems in the U.S. military that were used to take the picture so or interesting there was uh, several pictures when we were we had to learn all about uh, this back in the 80s uh when i joined the air air national guard and the air force uh that we were studying the soviets then and i had to know all about their soviet you know tanks and missile launchers and transporter electro erector launchers and trucks and whatever uh so we, we studied some of that by very pictures of the equipment that were taken very close to the equipment, uh, which obviously uh, somebody on the ground had taken that picture and smuggled it out of the Soviet Union. Like, like at one of those big parades that we've seen that Moscow used to run all the time. Now, I could go to Jane's Defense Weekly and open that up and see almost the same exact picture in that book. And a couple of times in um, um, Tom Clancy books, they would have pictures throughout the books uh, of some of the stuff he was talking about in the book. And we would comment back at our shop like, Oh, how, how does he get those? He, and a lot of them, he had paid a satellite company to take the pictures um, that's when some of those early satellite mapping technology was coming online. He was actually paying one of those companies to take some pictures of military installations and stuff, and he would stick it in his book. I saw similar pictures, but it wasn't taken by a private company. It was taken by probably a keyhole satellite or something like that, that back then was top secret technology. So, And, of course, the close-up pictures was probably a CIA operative or somebody that was paid off and the Soviet military that took those pictures and then got them back into the States. And then we're using them to do training and whatever. But so anyway, it wasn't that the, the information in the picture or some of the, the traffic that we would read, uh, you know, from listened in on phone calls and such, uh, that any of that was necessary classified stuff, but because of the way it was obtained, somebody could discern who the operative was or somewhere where the system was, uh, mm-hmm. so that it would uh, jeopardize a mission or jeopardize a, a, a reconnaissance type platform. Um, and so anyway, it'd be classified because of that, because if somebody put two and two together, it would be a a very detrimental thing and probably cause somebody to lose their life. So
0: Sure. Like whether it's a spy or we're tapped into a camera somewhere or, Mm -hmm. or we've intercepted some documents. Yeah. And again, that goes back to the classification that would cause damage. Right. Yeah. Some. So yeah, that that could be it. And uh, also, um, and I said, I was going to talk about it later, but uh, what that also means is that most classified information is, insanely boring mm-hmm. it's um you know what kind of information gets classified a sensitive who what when where how yep and then there's also cool stuff like trade secrets and then there's also personal privacy hey somebody takes it seriously and then little <laughs> stuff like cryptography you know like um the tape that you put into the device that crypt you know cryptographic those are technically just codes but yeah they could, they need to be protected also yeah um but yeah uh, okay, so I'm 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 dating myself here a little bit, but uh, back in the first Iraq War, what Desert Shield and Storm, mm-hmm. Shield mostly. Uh, I I worked in the communication sector, so I had to scan documents just to make sure they weren't garbled or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you gotta kind of read it too. But um, when I would go home, you know, people would ask me about stuff or just talking about it. It's like I'm not gonna talk about anything. I don't know if I saw it on CNN. I don't know if I saw it. Yeah. on a document. So, now realistically, I wasn't going to tell them anything. It was going to be like, "Oh, 1,000 troops and four trucks are in this town." And so the next day it's not relevant and yeah. declassified almost immediately. And that's well, another thing is is how things become declassified. It's just if they're not going to cause damage anymore, they're declassified. Well, or at it, least reduced,
1: and simply because a document has a classification on it doesn't mean it's still classified, right? Yeah, you because know, you can get documents from World War II that say top secret on them, but are World War talk World War II documents still classified? Absolutely not.
0: Uh, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure we don't want people, you know, figuring out some things, but yeah, uh, yeah most things aren't going to yeah. aren't going to do it. But and if, um, if
1: you're buying them at a private auction, and they still say top secret on them. Oh, it's just cool. Yeah, they're just cool. Yeah,
0: I really wanted to make off with one of the cover sheets, but <laughs>
1: So well, there, you know, I figured some,
0: why chance it? I'm just a silly little grunt, you know. Let's, uh, I'm just gonna go. Yeah, with
1: it. you know, as a couple of podcasters have noted I, on No Agenda and a couple other pl- podcasts I listen to, like some of the documents that Trump probably had at Mar-a-Lago, he probably grabbed because he was like, "Oh yeah, cool." So there's a couple. Folks who've noted that he's had classified folders, but nobody ever said the documents inside those folders mm-hmm. are classified. So he might have just grabbed folders that said "top secret" because you know he's that kind of guy, and said, "Oh, that's cool. I want that kind of thing." Well, I so,
0: really want a cosmic top secret. There oh, you go.
1: Yeah, I know, do too. Right. Now I have
0: to have that. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, I'm so I'm reminded. No, go ahead. I'm
1: sorry. Yeah, I'm reminded that when in a couple of the bases I worked at, we had. Um, filtered outlets because of if you were typing on certain keyboards and especially any type of electronic typewriter and you were running any kind of class, so we had reports oh, yeah. we had to do and we typed them in into these uh, uh, carbon copied forms um, and because of the way the, you know, the the old IBM typewriters of the big ball in the center, you know, I'm talking about instead of the yeah. Oh, yeah. different strikes. It had the, I don't remember what the term for the ball was, but it would flip back and forth. Um, because of the time it took to flip the ball back and forth for each character that it would strike on the paper, a little transient uh, spike would go through the power line. And Mm -hmm. what they found out is they could reconstitute what you were typing if somebody tapped into the power line of one of those typewriters and, uh, or any kind of keyboard early computer keyboards had the same issue because of the amount of power it took to run them. And they could tap into those, those uh, signals and somebody could reconstitute what you were typing if they had the right technology. So Mm -hmm. we had special red outlets in every room, and if you were typing a classified document, you had to verify that you were plugged into a red outlet. And the same thing on copy machines, You know, occasionally you needed to copy documents. Um, and then if we were copying classified, we had to run some, a blank sheet of paper back through the copier because those old uh, drums in the copiers would maintain a residual image that somebody could come back in and reconstitute the classified that you had just copied. So it, it did go back to World War II, the old loose lips sink ships <laughs> mantra. And so, and like you were saying, you, you never really wanted to talk about what, because some of the stuff you saw in, on the news or like, like I was saying in Tom Clancy novels, I'd read a Tom Clancy novels during that time. And I would just go like, where did he get this information? Cause this is really yep. secret. So I
0: had the same thing from red October. I remember the oh, middle yeah. of it, he's talking about something and I just went, how does he know all that? And mm-hmm. it had like the whole format of the message, which believe me is ridiculous, but <laughs> I'm sure they've revamped it all. Yeah, just All these silly little codes, which is a line of gibberish across the top. But, yeah, he had all that information. I, I had the same exact experience. Yeah, it, so very it's cool. kind of crazy.
1: And so, I yeah, I have several Jane Defense uh, uh, compendiums. So, every once in a while, I buy one just to keep up to date. And most of mine are on airplanes. Um, but I do have several on tanks and things like that. The books are very expensive. If you get a brand new one, it's like $1,500. So, mine are always yeah, like yeah. 10 years old. Uh, but... Uh, you just go through those, and at the time we had those as reference books too. But they had so so much stuff that was considered classified, and I'm like just shaking my head some days. Like, how did they get this knowledge? It, it's it's crazy what is out there about stuff and um, and things. But again, it, it does go back to a lot of times what gets classified is because of the source that it came from. But that's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: And if you watch stuff about spycraft, you see how sophisticated you were talking about the, the ball, the distance yeah. on the ball and uh um how sophisticated some of the monitoring methods are and they compile different sources of information and extrapolate what's really being said. Um, I know we had a what was he called? Basically a penetration expert come in and said, Oh gosh, you know, and he was he held up this little device that looked like a turkey thermometer. Hmm next to the PA, mm-hmm. and it just started talking. Really? So you could hear all kinds of phone stuff on it. and Yeah. yeah. And we actually had a, a lot of our machines were what's called Tempest. Uh, uh, what's it called? Tempest Control. So basically it had this uh, metal kind of mesh around it that would keep the flux, the oh, – the, yeah. You know, kind of like a twisted pair on a network does the same thing. Yeah, like a... Van- or a coax cable. Uh, what it do they controls call those the old, emissions.
1: A Faraday cage, kind of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah,
0: kind of, kind of. But yeah, it controlled emissions because
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's unbelievable how much you can pull. Um, you know, everybody's encrypted these days, and it's yeah. a lot harder, but it's not impossible.
1: It's not, yeah. If you've got the right technology, you can... Mm-hmm. Any audio source that's happening... Uh, you know, even as we're talking, even though it's going through Zoom, uh, it's going through, I have a soundboard here that I, and I'm recording, you know, stuff through a computer and all that. We're still producing audio. And I guarantee you there's sidebands that are coming off of that because there's all these wires. Every wire, because it's they're twisted and stuff inside there, they become radio antennas. And they're mm. broadcasting frequencies out there. So if you have the right equipment and the right technology, you can pick up, especially audio traces all over the place. uh, I know that the White House has,
0: uh, I'm sorry, the White House has music piped in and shot at the windows. There's like actually a pipe that comes down and hits the windows because the vibrations from them Mm -hmm. talking can be picked up from a certain kind of microphones from miles away.
1: Oh, yeah. Well and they um, they've also it's got it's like a
0: laser microphone. Yep, it's so they,
1: a laser that they shoot on there yep. that reflects the light and the it, it it's quite interesting technology actually because mm-hmm. the minute difference in the time it takes the, the laser to bounce back to its source that difference is encoded as an audio uh, bit. And so Yeah, it's
0: it's the same thing as a, a record needle.
1: Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's just measuring that glass vibrate back and forth and reconstitute as an audio signal. It's quite amazing technology.
0: So, so, so given all those factors and how it's classified and what kind of information is in it and how important it is to keep it classified, realize that any Yahoo, and I use that term uh, loosely, but uh, who is elected to office has basically a security clearance, even though... I'm sure everyone would agree they shouldn't. (laughs) Um, So if they get on a defense committee, they can view tons of stuff. And I know there's at least a couple that I could not believe were on intelligence committees. Just like I can't believe that person's allowed in Congress, let alone on this committee, hearing all these briefings, viewing all these documents. But. They had a need to know, so they flip it around for elected office. So it's it's it compromises the system, basically. I'm not sure either our former president or current president could have gotten a clearance. But maybe. I I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, they they did. Yeah, the worst one in recent memories is Eric uh, Stalwell. Yeah. Swalwell. Swalwell. Yeah, Yeah, the guy who had the Chinese spy girlfriend, and he was still on the— Defense Intelligence Committee. Not anymore. Uh, not anymore. Yeah. Because the <laughs> – but why would the Democrats yeah, have left clearly. them on that? What yeah. – yeah. Clearly, not just a clearly conflict of interest. Clearly yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah, just yeah, a conflict yeah. of interest, but yeah. uh, pillow talk. But, yeah.
0: I, anyway. Another thing, if you remember um, – and I'll get off of this now in a minute. Um, if you remember, uh, Trump got in a lot of trouble because he had somebody's clearance pulled. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was a reporter and made their living going to different places, saying, "Well, I've looked at this document and I can tell you this." Yeah. And uh, I remember hearing about that and just going, "What? This person didn't have a need to know, and wh- didn't have an active clearance. So yeah. why did they still have a clearance?"
1: Yeah, wasn't that the uh, former F or CIA director, not Brennan? Uh, yeah, but, but one of but those. But they guys. didn't have
0: a need to know, no. and their purpose yeah. was to. Tell the press things yep. that he was reading. Now, I'm sure it was filtered. I'm sure he didn't mm-hmm. give away anything truly classified, but why do we allow people to walk around like that? Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but if there's one thing we've learned, and we probably haven't learned anything, but if there's one thing we've learned from, um, the, the Trump and the Biden class, classified documents scandals is that the news is pitiful. Yes. And I, I don't mean either side, honestly. Mm-hmm. They are just things that they put on the news it's not facts it's barely opinions it's only um, you know political expediency okay the one I can remember because I just saw it recently there's a reporter who actually got on he's supposed to be a presidential historian and he got on the TV and he goes we don't know if Trump had nuclear codes yeah right and that's the proper response it's like oh you're so dumb okay so that person is not qualified to comment in, no. in a news they can talk it's free speech but there were other newscasters that parroted this idiotic it's idiotic we don't put nuclear codes on post-it notes okay yeah. that's not how it works that, and if it is by golly it better stop not, not, not
1: only that but the nuclear <laughs> codes are changed so often that even if somebody had old nuclear codes from two days ago they won't work anymore
0: I'm looking at the nuclear codes. It's capital P-A-S-S-W-0-R-D-1.
1: Amperstein.
2: Anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah everybody- like, you know, you got that
1: <laughs> one, the one guy that follows the president around with a briefcase chained to his arm. He yeah, has the go. only active codes. So, uh, I guess yeah. so well, we've got simple. the nuclear triad. So, I mean, we've got three suitcases with codes, I guess, but it, still... If if Trump had codes from ten years ago, they now, they're not going to make
0: excuses for the guy. Yeah. I, I've heard a lot of information and it's all conflicting. Yes, I don't know. Let me put it that way. I'm honest enough to say I don't know, mm-hmm. and I'm sharp enough to say those jerks don't know either.
1: No, no, there's all clickbait. a lot of
0: true things and a lot of false things that all fly around. But they're basically all snake oil salesmen. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Sales people. Sales people. Um, <laughs> but there, a lot of them are just dolphins. lying through their teeth.
1: Yeah, it's, it's all clickbait. Uh, it's all clickbait.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that I couldn't believe that the nuclear codes. It's like, how could they not pull that person off the air? You know, it's like, oh, got his feed. <laughs> what a dope. <laughs> yeah. But, eh. You do as,
1: as Bugs Bunny would say, what a maroon. <laughs> yeah, what a maroon.
0: But if you're interested in how this stuff all works, um, there's a ton of information online. Uh, Again, I hit a couple of sites that I started reading. Oh, that's interesting. And I realized within about two paragraphs, they were full of baloney. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was kind of funny. If you look at the documents or the – sorry, not documents. The news stories from about two years ago, you'll see different uh, baloney than you'll see today (laughs) because different people try to cover up excuse, Mm -hmm. minimize, you know, the damage. That's their job. They're politicos. But, um, yeah, just read it with a discerning eye.
1: Yeah, so we, you know, we can jump into our first story. I made you skip. What's that?
0: (laughs) I made you skip stories, didn't I?
1: Well, that's okay. We'll go back. We'll talk. Since we're already on the subject, I don't want to break it up with the vice president. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll just jump in. Uh, So our first story today was uh just about Biden slam for saying he has no regrets about classified documents white and the white house keeps stonewalling of course over the last 2 weeks it seems like there's been this slow drip oh we found more documents here and mm-hmm. it's not like there's a lot of classified documents but the way it's coming out uh why why does he have you know i, I keep asking questions in my head why does he have lawyers searching for the documents of course it came out last week that they knew about this about a week before the election but kept it quiet until after the first of the year but why does he have lawyers packing boxes of documents lawyers cost a lot of money that that doesn't make sense to me doesn't sound like there's a lot of classified documents but the funny uh the one of the funny clips i saw was one of the uh, folks who was videotaping him driving his Corvette out of his garage or backing it into the garage and then right in the back you see a whole bunch of document boxes. <laughs> so even it, then... It would
0: be funny if that's where, where they were. were yeah, oh, so that
1: goodness. people are pointing at it. But the, the thing that I uh understood in the last couple of days that's crazy to me, uh which is very there's IRS complications to this is that those documents have been in that house since he's left as the vice president so about 6 years one many of those years hunter biden uh the smartest man our president knows at least that he said a couple of times uh used that house as his primary residence uh and so as people have been researching this further Uh, he Hunter Biden noted on several of his taxes, like in 2018 and stuff that he was paying $49,500 a month to his parents for rent. Yeah. And then, uh, but that doesn't equate to the same income that Joe Biden claimed on his taxes and, Joe Biden claimed that as his primary residence at the same time, there's a lot of hinkiness starting to come out about all this. And as a lot of people have said, they're wondering if somebody's trying to keep Joe Biden from running again. And this is all part of that mix. I don't know about that yet, but I do know that president mashed potatoes for brains as uh, (laughs) Ben Shapiro often calls him and says, just give him his tapioca pudding and set him in front of Matlock, please. Uh, but he has no idea what's going on around him. And I don't even think he senses the serious repercussions of what's happening. Uh, and of course, all of this goes back to Hillary Clinton in uh, what was it 2015, who had whole tons of classified documents on her server that half of her aides had cut the classification off of, and then scanned them in. So Mm -hmm. uh, because she was never prosecuted, Trump was never going to get prosecuted because he's the only person out of all of this who could summarily say all these are unclassified and all he has to do is wave his hand and they're all unclassified. The president of the United States, the only person who could do that. I guess there's some asterisk on the vice president that there's some limited – forbearance of classification the vice president could do but it's on very limited occasion kind of stuff and it's nothing that joe biden could have done with these documents so not knowing all that's going on the only person that could be vindicated all this is is trump um but since uh, hillary clinton got off there's no way they're it's ever going to get through for trump and and biden's probably going to get all of this uh freed up and and it's probably all going to go away because they're not going to do that to a sitting president so i don't know that's just they they have that
0: thing they call othering they do that a lot now oh yeah they go oh well you're just saying that because so and so had it so you're othering and and that's a way to make two wrongs make a right because it's like oh you did it but we did it too yeah even steven so but i was going to ask you so if hunter's the smartest guy i know's or the smartest guy he knows, does that make him a wisecracker? I'm just curious.
1: <laughs> uh, <But on. laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's the kids who felt the hair on his legs. You know, I, I still don't, don't understand. how he got elected. But, um, the last couple of presidents, I don't understand how they got away. Yeah, but well, I but understand in both cases, it,
0: but, yeah. In both cases, I mean, did they really need to take the documents out <laughs> of the location? I've, I've heard it said, I heard President Biden saying, I review them at night and then I put them in the locked he kind of repeated himself, the locked closet or something mm-hmm. like that. I, I don't know. And they backed up and said location. This was from a couple months ago or, yeah. or December. Um, it's just like, why do they have to be out of there? I mean, yeah. There's people in Leavenworth who, you know, put documents to be shredded in their car and went to the grocery store, you know, so they lost the chain of custody. I know this is the president, not just there's, some random.
1: There's a guy. Guy. There's, <laughs> there's a naval officer in jail right now because he was out on a submarine and wanted to take a picture for his daughter. Oh yeah, he took I think he took a selfie, and because part of a control panel was in the photo, he ended up going to Leavenworth. For, I don't know f- five or six years because he shared classified documentation with his daughter. So the so I say that because one of Biden's defenses and one of Trump's defenses too, and one of Hillary Clinton's defenses was well, we didn't intend to do this. It, the law is the law. The, the intent mm-hmm. doesn't matter. If you have classified documents in an inappropriate spot, you have broken the law, period. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you intended to do it or not. Uh, this naval officer ended up in Leavenworth. His intent wasn't to share classified information, but he did. And therefore, uh, you know, he went to jail over it. But, you know, these... The law isn't applied equally across our social status and social strata, and um, you got these elites who you know get off for whatever reason. But uh, it doesn't matter their intent, or you know, well, I didn't mean to leave that document in my briefcase. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it was your responsibility. You broke the law, and so yeah. Uh, it, it, it the way I put this is if somebody accidentally. Uh, deposits a thousand dollars in your bank account and you go spend it knowing it's you know not really yours but or not realizing that they had done that or whatever and then they come back to you and want their money back you say well i you know i didn't intend to spend it it was in my bank account so i spent it that that doesn't work. I mean, that's kind of the same kind of mantra here. It's just dumb. You broke the law. Stuff's not yours to deal with in this way. And therefore, you need to be held accountable, which they won't be. But, you know, I guess in the or, media, or if,
0: you know. What if somebody found a gun or a big bag of drugs in your car? It's not mine. I didn't know it was there. You might be telling the truth. You're still going down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is a lot more serious than, you know. Absolutely having a little bit of pot in your car or right. uh and when the when gun's you, pretty serious but when you
1: throw in the mix that hunter biden stayed at that house regardless of how much you paid for rent the forty nine mm-hmm. thousand five hundred dollars a month that that house isn't that nice but um uh so the bag man for the biden family was staying in that house <laughs> and he has all kinds of stupid ties to crazy people including the ukraine of course several news reports have said that the files at in the garage next to the corvette included files about biden's interaction with ukraine see Mm. there's a lot of and, and you don't know if those are true but hunter biden the guys you know regardless of what you think of him And his million dollar art, I guess, that's selling it to pedal influence for the White House right now, the, uh, and all those are accusations. So don't ban us, whoever the, uh, yeah, there's just enough dots there that can be connected that you got to think like, what, huh? Yeah. I, you just shake your head at it and it, it drives me nuts and I'm sick of it personally that's why I'm not a Democrat or Republican anymore. Uh, you know, I, all of these guys are corrupt. If You get to that yeah. level of politics, you're just corrupt. And, you know, and, and Biden's a perfect example of why I vote against incumbents, because, you know, he wasn't a very, I mean, he was well-to-do, but he wasn't a wealthy man when he started in, you know, as a congressman or senator or whatever, 600 years ago. And now he's a multimillionaire, and it's not just from selling books. Yeah, no, so. he
0: was a professor at Penn State, wasn't he? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, right. Okay, I'm getting. <laughs> topic. Uh, you're gonna get my ire up. He professed to be a professor. How's that? Yeah was uh-huh.
1: that was that pre or post plagiarizing? You know what? Uh, or I don't. Anyway,
0: yeah. He well, a lovely singing voice, though he can
1: sing "Happy Birthday." <laughs> happy <laughs> Birthday <mind>. to Blue. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Well, let's listen to the uh, our word salad vice president for a second.
3: This is not an old clip.
1: This is a clip from of Glenn Kamala Beck, Harris you know, talking about electric back, school
3: yeah. buses. This is a new one. Just happened. Here's Kamala Harris in front of a group of adults and the transportation agency talking about one of her favorite things. Here it is. You know what also excites me, What I'm, I, among the many things? Mm. I'm excited about electric school buses. I love electric school buses. I just love them for so many reasons. Maybe because I went to school on a school bus. Raise your hand if you went to school on a school
1: bus, <laughs> Right. <laughs>
0: right. Oh my gosh! This woman is nuts.
1: <laughs> what? She didn't go to school on an electric school bus.
0: No, uh, she just said school bus. I, but uh, what's with the laughing? I
1: I don't know. I, she's always cackling. And uh, <laughs> okay, so let's just go through the the motions here. Electric school buses don't run on electricity for very long. It takes Mm -hmm. many, many hours to charge the batteries. If you're in a northern climate like where I live, up here in Minnesota Nuts, that uh, the the battery lasts at least half as long as it should. And then if you're running – it's not just because you're running a heater – on the bus at the same time as you're trying to turn the wheels. It's also because these large batteries just cannot hold their charge in the cold weather. So, uh, it is impractical to have electric school buses and I don't want, now all my kids are grown, but I don't want my grandkids on electric school buses because I don't want a bus stuck in the middle of nowhere because uh, when an electric school bus dies, it is, it's not like you can come out and just switch the, you know, put a new diesel in it and drive it away. You got to tow it away and then get it charged again. If a, if a gasoline or diesel powered bus runs out of gas, you go get a five gallon can and pour it in there and drive it down to the gas station. Mm-hmm. it You just can't do that with electric vehicles. Now, if somebody wanted to talk about hybrid buses, uh, you know, like a, a big Prius bus, right, for lack of a better <laughs> notation, I I could buy that. Okay, yep. You got a gasoline motor that's charging a battery that's running the electric motor for the wheels. Fine, whatever. But a pure electric vehicle is nonsense. And, of course, we'll have a story here in a little bit about uh, the grid. Um uh, which, yeah, maybe we can just go to that one next, you know, about – there there which is a little bit about solar panel. But the, the reality is, is we – you know, people talk about going full electric. Our, our electric grid can't handle that. And we're not talking about putting more power lines in, number one. And number two, there's – I don't think there's enough uh special or, you know, all the, the lithium and the – and whatever – in the world to make everything battery powered because it's not just saying, Oh, we're going to run these things on electric. It's that you got to do that and make them mobile is you have to have a battery unless you're going to run like the old uh, street cars, you know, run electric wire above the road. Now maybe someday we'll have the technology to do an inductive, inductive roads, and then everything can be electric and we'll just electrify every road. And well, The uh, car runs along the road, the induced electric current would flow up to the car and the car can drive itself. And then you don't need batteries. Okay, let's do that. But is there enough copper in the world to do that? Or whatever, you know, metal you want to do to conduct the electricity? I don't know. But this concept that we can electrify everything and it's going to be a good thing, uh, to me, it just, uh, it's bonkers. Uh,
0: And the conversation has never had to be honest about does it reduce emissions when you're generating it from another source? Because not everything is off of solar and um, and wind. And if it was, you also got that. Um, but also the waste from these electric vehicles is very substantial. Oh, yeah. And the waste through our um, supposedly – that's not what this clip is, is it? The no. Supposedly, supposedly ethical uh, mining practices in Africa. Yeah. Uh, most of them aren't, it's slavery. Uh, yeah. It really is. Now I'm not saying give up because I use a lot of stuff on batteries. My mm-hmm. phone's got a battery in it. My laptops have batteries in it. I have a UPS on most of my, uh, equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I would have talked about LEDs, that's all about reducing how much energy it takes right? and how much more efficient computers are and, and phones and, and networks are. And, and that's wonderful. Honestly, we should be going that way. But we need to have honest conversations about the impact of using these materials if we're really saving anything instead of just making it politically expedient. Because on one side you got, oh, we need to do this because we're going to save the planet. And the other side, they're saying it makes no difference. Well, Mm -hmm. They're both full of baloney. Yeah, Of course it makes a difference. Um, But we're also, no matter what, uh, I'm going to get deep in this one, so. You, you understand my point yeah I was gonna make a point about Al Gore but uh, <laughs> I really don't want to talk about Forrest Gump right now so yeah. um.
1: well <laughs> what, what was it when he right after he lost the election in 2000 Miami was supposed to be underwater by then so oh yeah yeah which I I do want to uh, I'll play this next quick clip in a second but I do want to note that um, Insurance companies drive a lot of what happens in our country. Mm-hmm. And insurance companies are still insuring coastal properties. If if the water was rising the way they say it's going to, and sometimes they, they talk about 10-meter rise, which is 33 feet uh, in sea level rise, which is significant. If that was really even going to take place in the next – Ten years, insurance companies would stop insuring properties along the coasts. One or they would raise the prices so high that nobody would want to build a property there. So, until- but
0: it, and actually, um, they can't cover most of the floodplains. Yeah, that has to be FEMA insured. Yeah, so it's even worse than that. The government is still insuring coastal property.
1: Yeah, so so until insurance companies start to back out of that kind of <laughs> stuff, I. I don't think any of it's going to happen. Um, now, it, I'm not a denier. You know, I obviously climates change. Uh, the climate's not the same as it was thousands of years ago. So the climate's always changed. the The big mm-hmm. debate is whether um, humankind is accelerating the change or or causing some of the change. And you know, I can buy into some of that, uh, but I also understand that. No matter what we do, we can't decelerate it like they're saying either. Like just changing, changing everything over to solar panels and stuff isn't going to work either. And that's kind of where this next clip kind of comes in from the Joe Rogan show. This is the uh, Peter uh, Zihan who, had, yeah, he's very articulate, talks a lot about stuff. But this is kind of an interesting uh, commentary he has here.
3: Oh, so California and Germany have very similar green tech policies but the germans have spent three times as much as california but are only getting about a fifth as much power because i don't know if you've ever been to germany but the sun doesn't shine in germany and now with the russians on the war path and their clean ish energy from natural gas going away they're going back to lignite coal in force it was already their number one source of power germany the idea that germany is green is ridiculous because they rely on really really dirty coal now especially so uh, but there's now a conversation going on between the German environmentalists and the Californian environmentalists about why California in relative terms is doing so well at this while Germany is not. And the answer is simple geography. But that's never been part of the conversation in the environmental community before. Now it is. They they should have had this conversation 15, 20 years ago, but they're having it now. And as soon as they come to the conclusion, unwillingly, but they'll get there.
1: So – yeah. So this, this is the thing is, okay, we need to do all green energy. So we're going to stick solar panels all over a country that doesn't have that much sunshine. Uh, and that, that's the kind of stuff that, that like, like all over.
0: In November of 2022, up, uh, no oops, currency something is, F- uh, an collapsed. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh my. Thank you. Pop. There's something
0: we could talk about sometime.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Pop-ups. Appreciate it. The, uh, So up here in, in the Northern latitudes, um, we have solar panel farms all over the place. And, uh, especially this time, you know, the more North you go, especially in the winter months, there's barely eight hours of sunshine one. And two, half the time, the solar panels are covered in snow and, uh, (laughs) And it's just, it's a huge investment. We would have been better off building one nuclear power plant. And we would have had probably five times the energy than the solar panels produce. And it would be around twenty-four-seven, And it would be all electric. But, of course, we can't build a nuclear power plant because somebody might die. But it's okay to... As you, were, you aptly pointed out, it's okay to put up these solar panels that take all kinds of rare earth and, uh, minerals to build that are getting pulled out of African countries or somewhere in Asia, and a bunch of uh, kids are put into slave labor to do it in very unsafe, non osha working conditions, but it's okay for us to do all that. Because they're going to die and not us. I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to is we're displacing the uh, the issues. Where if we did it here in yeah. this country, it's much safer to do here because we have regulations, we've got laws, we've got unions, we've got OSHA. Uh, so we're not going to put people in those kind of circumstances. But over there, I it guess it's okay. It would cost a lot more. <laughs> yeah, it would cost a lot more. Yeah. But yeah. if we're already spending... Money out the yin yang. So what? What? What is it? I mean, you know, thirty-two trillion dollars, and the debt ceiling has to raise again. We're we're spending (laughs) this. uh, I'm going to go on one of my hobby horses here. As the president (laughs) talked last week, he said, "Well, I brought the deficit down by a trillion dollars. That just means that there's still a deficit." Uh,
0: Yeah, but that's the that's (laughs) the fiscal deficit. So it means I was going to spend this much money but i spent this much less yeah
1: it's when my wife comes home and says hey i saved us 500 dollars today how'd you do buy that well i bought everything on sale
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well actually it's more like i was gonna buy two of everything yeah <laughs> dear but i only bought one so if you think about it it's the only reason we still have money is because you don't know but i'm so frugal
1: yeah so getting back to the clip the why <laughs> why the heck would germany go To do what they did without researching whether or not it was feasible to do it.
0: Politics and people that want to stay in power will say whatever it takes. And we're now, I hate to just blame social media, but there's, there's a cultural virus where we don't want people to say the wrong thing, which is like, you can't have a discussion. You can't have an intellectual discussion without exploring both sides of an argument you can't even if one side's wrong and actually if they're wrong let them talk mm-hmm. they're just going to prove that they're wrong yeah. so i don't know why we do this but uh, you, you look at something like wind and people say wind is a, a, a great success and i say
2: mm.
0: if you examined how much infrastructure and greenhouse gases were emitted constructing these things that don't last that long. I mean, they can take it off their taxes for over 20 years. Yeah. But and you compare it to something like uh, the experiment they had where they took mirrors and they point them to a central focal focal point in the desert. Mm-hmm. And essentially they heat it's it's the same as a nuclear reactor. It's just instead of using fission um you are to heat the water, mm-hmm. you are using sunlight. Mhm. And it worked spectacularly. It yeah. just generated tons of energy. <laughs> Problem was that uh, when birds would fly through this zone, um, they were instantly
1: vapor. Cooked. Yeah, instantly vaporized. Basically
0: vaporized or cooked. But uh, can't we still explore this? This is beautiful. You, you mirrored surfaces. Now you have to have electronics to aim them in the right spot, but... It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was exactly the same as a nuclear reactor. It would have the steam generation. The water would then go down into some body of water or deep in the earth, um, to get the, the, um, geothermic, you know, mm-hmm. to get it to cool down, pump it back up, use it as water. It was self-sustaining. Now, when the sun's not out, it doesn't work, but sure. man, you can add that to the grid. Yeah. Uh, and you can have it all over the country. It's not like. Uh, electricity generated in California could be used in New York. I mean, it's a little less, but it's a grid. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So there are just so many other things we can, we can be examining and and looking into that don't truly impact. And honestly, nuclear is really safe.
1: Yeah. So
0: Nobody in America has ever died.
1: Yeah. So look, yeah, everybody, everybody should look up, uh, a documentary called Pandora's Promise. Uh, yes, really yes, good excellent. About, yeah.
0: and, and it follows a skeptic, by the way. Yep. Um, now, people in other countries have definitely died, but it's nowhere near what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Chernobyl is, of course, by far the worst. Yeah. But it's not f- like five billion people or whatever that crazy lady said it was. No. Um,
1: There's people living down the street from Chernobyl uh, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I remind... Remind people about wind energy too. Is these things are taking up acres and acres of farmland. Yeah. Yeah. Number one and number two, those things are full of petroleum. Uh, you, those governors and the gears inside those things are full of petroleum grease. So when they, this is why when they when they break down, and the govern the brakes. Turn off and the governor's not working and they spin out of control and get all heated up and then they start to burn up. They burn spectacularly because they are full of oil. So, anyway, there's but that. But
0: we should still look into it. I mean, we should still have a few of them at least. We got tons of them. Sure. And figure out how to make them better.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, but if you, hey, if you took more the, sources, the better, buddy. <laughs> yeah. My, my deal is if anything you need to take the government subsidy away from to, and you take away the profit margin, then, uh, then we shouldn't be doing it. So uh, yeah, we're just but,
0: using bad, bad, uh, b- bad money after good, or yep.
1: is that good if money it, after bad? I if can't it remember. was so cost effective, it would be self sustaining by now,
0: and it's oh, not. we would have home kits. Yeah, I got one on my roof. Well, because st- it was so cheap.
1: Yeah, I'm still reminded when I was a kid reading. I was an avid popular mechanics reader and they had a story about neighborhood nuclear reactors it -hmm. was about the size of a like a small telephone booth down in the ground and Mm -hmm. uh, they just said every like 20 years they would go and pull the reactor out for the neighborhood and go and refurbish it and put a new one in the ground what happened to that idea (laughs) what's that?
0: well they were going to pull it out and uh, put it into uh flux capacitors oh we yeah. so can't have people traveling through time
1: yep no no but, gig- uh,
0: hey you know what solar is a big deal down in texas and the efficiency of solar panels is way better than it used to be
1: yeah this is true yeah the it's original solar panels more, from like but the it's 70s still not
0: cost awesome. effective
1: no it's um, it's still only like 20 effect efficient yeah. isn't it?
0: yeah yeah and, and then of course then you have the the ninny's boy, we really got off on a tangent or if you talk to any installer, they'll go, yeah, I went to this one neighborhood and I had this huge fight with the resident because he wanted them on this side of the house. And I went, it's never going to get sun. And they will go, yeah, but my neighbors will see it. Mm -hmm. So,
1: uh, actually, um,
0: it's uh, not an isolated story. (laughs) No. Who's the,
1: the Freakonomic guys. What's their podcast.
0: Oh, I can't remember. Is it Freakonomics? just guessing
1: uh, is it? no yeah it might be it it was maybe like 10 years ago they they did a study on that and it was two two different elements they did solar panels and they did hybrid cars um so at the time the prius wasn't the most efficient hybrid car uh the honda civic hybrid was something like that i might have the names wrong but the, the conclusions are still real. Uh, and so is it Stephen? Uh, oh, shoot. What's these freaking homic guys' names? I got to <laughs> look this up. That's going to bug me if I don't.
0: All right. We're going to do it in real time, folks. Uh,
1: no, <laughs> uh Yeah, Levitt and uh, David Levitt and Steven Doom, Doom, Doomder. Oh, it's the two Steves. Yeah. Uh, what's there?
0: Oh, that's cool. One's a Steve with a V. One's a Steven with a pH. Yeah. Wow. What are the chances?
1: Freakonomics radio. That's there. So it was about 10 years ago that they did a, their pod well I listened to it as a podcast but it was on an NPR show um they actually did a study in I think it was Oregon and what they found was that if you were right leaning in your politics that you would put the solar panels in the most effective spot for your house if you were left leaning in your politics You would put them in a place that was less effective, but in a place where your neighbors would see it.
0: Yeah, it's the most expensive virtue signaling you can do. And
1: the same thing happened with vehicles. So, again, uh, the Prius at the time was not the most effective hybrid car. Uh, Honda had, I think it was a Civic, but I might have that name off. The Civic was actually, the Honda was actually a more effective hybrid car. Uh, had better fuel economy, had better uh, maintenance records, all of that. Mm. And so, it, but if you were left-leaning, you more likely bought a Prius, and if you were right-leaning, you more often bought the more effective hybrid.
0: Uh, and, wait, to to tail on that, if you're from Hollywood, you'll ditch your Tesla and get a, a Volkswagen <laughs> electric. <laughs> Oh, listen, Melondo, uh, man! Yeah, a, I never thought she was smart, but man, oof. was I giving her too much credit? Yeah. Well, she dumb, is dumb, 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 dumb.
1: She is charmed. Um, Not that there's anything there's wrong, wrong with, with that, it. but
0: yeah, <laughs> she was trying to prove. Oh, I hate Elon Musk, so I'm dumping my Tesla. Okay, buy a Nazi car. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, Oops. you still get your. Oh, there
1: you go. Yeah. I wanted to see if I could find what episode it was. It might not even be up anymore. Uh, but anyway, yeah, just uh, we, maybe I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. But um, yeah, it was quite interesting. and it And it's all about virtue signaling. I want my neighbors to see me doing this in a certain way. So therefore, I'm going to put my solar panels over there. I'm going to drive a Prius because everybody knows a Prius is a hybrid. They don't know that other car is a hybrid, but I want people to know I'm driving a hybrid. And that is ludicrous. If you're really worried about the environment and doing things in a a more effective way, then you would buy the most effective method to do that, not just stick stuff up because it makes you look good.
0: That's right. And that's why the most effective altruism is always, always anonymous. right research who you're donating to and just give them the money yeah you don't have to do a dance you don't have to hire skywriters you don't have to call the press
1: you don't have to share your gofundme donation (laughs)
0: oh my gosh Uh you don't have to make a tiktok video yeah start with the man in the mirror as michael jackson said okay, <laughs> that's right. maybe that's not the best example to go with but
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he <All> never right. <laughs> he never looked in the mirror and knew and saw exactly what was happening did he uh let's see well where do you want to go now well let's go to Let's go to some study finds, um, which is a very interesting website if you haven't been on there. But they have been re-studied. The study find websites have been looking at uh, light pollution. And uh, it is making it hard, especially in ur- urban areas, to see the stars at all. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, a, a report out of uh, Potsdam Germany, stars in the night sky are vanishing due to light pollution according to stargazers around the world. These citizens citizen scientists say Earth's surface is rapidly getting brighter eroding star visibility. For those living in major cities like New York, it can be nearly impossible to see the countless stars which cover the sky each night. So this is one of my uh, things I remember most as a kid going camping. As a family mm-hmm. and you're out in the middle of nowhere, there might've been like one street light over by the, um, the outhouse that every campground had. But other than that, there were hardly any lights out at all. And so in the middle of the night, you could lay on your back and just see the Milky Way oh, yeah. in all of its grandeur. So just- Or the,
0: taking kids out to camp, which you, you know oh, yeah. a lot more about that than I do, but yeah. seeing a kid, city kid go out and sleep in the tents. Mm-hmm. And then taking them out and, okay, everybody turn their flashlights off. And they just, whoa.
1: Yeah. There's like an audible gasp. I, I
0: can't believe it.
1: Yeah. One of my but, last camping trip with a bunch of teen boys was up in the Black Hills. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And we're up on a bluff there in the middle of the night. Uh, hardly any lights uh, at all. And they're just, most of them were kids that hadn't been outside of big urban areas like Des Moines or, uh, Omaha and they, yeah, they, you could almost sense them slightly weeping because of the beauty of all of that, that they'd never, yeah. ever seen before in their lives.
0: Yep. 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 Oh, I just thought there were, you know, a couple dozen stars like yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. not from a little town, but still when we drive out and that's the way back, I'm sure it's worse now, but you could drive out in the country and see a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, but I know how to fix this. Put all of your observatories in North Korea. (laughs) Problem solved. There you go. No light.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the fun things that I've shown people that numerous times. Like, yeah, look at Asia. It's not photoshopped. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. There's just a big dark spot right where Korea is. And it, and it is evident too, because South Korea is lit up like a firecracker. Oh, yeah. And then China's pretty lit up now, too. And then, boom, big dark spot. No electricity. Thank you, communism. Um, <laughs> so, there, there was another interesting uh, article in Study Finds as um, they, uh, some scientists, have developed a laser system for directing lightning strikes. And it's kind of interesting. So scientists in France have created a way to divert lightning strikes using a weather-controlled superlaser. Researchers with the Polytechnic Institute of Paris guided the strikes from thunderclouds to places where they don't cause damage. The team says the new technique could save power stations, airports, launch pads, and other buildings from disaster. The system creates a virtual lightning rod, metal conductors that intercept flashes at, at and guide the currents into the ground. So basically, uh, huh. so I I've there. This is similar to um, somebody developed a method a few years ago where that they could uh, use some equipment to sense when a light when lightning was going to discharge, and then they had uh, big coils of wire in some kind of a ejection system with a metal rod. The metal rod was kind of the weight at the end, so they'd shoot the rod up into the sky with a a coil of wire unspooling behind it that was grounded. So around sensitive equipment, they would shoot this up so that the lightning would strike the rod and then, of course, go through the wire into the ground. Now it was highly expensive because, yeah, uh, many times the lightning would just vaporize the metal. Uh, the metal wire behind the the metal rod, but it was highly effective. So this sounds like they've figured out a way to do it with light. So somewhere in the frequency that they're using uh, for this laser, it's creating a, a charged path for the lightning to discharge through, which is quite interesting. And I yeah. just amazed at the minds that come up with this.
0: I'm just trying to figure out what they could put in a laser, like what type of laser that could actually conduct. Um, and for those of you listening, um, you probably can't see it, but Scott and I are both using quotation marks every time <laughs> we say the word laser. Yeah,
1: We're doing those laser. things with our hands. Laser. <laughs> <laughs> Air
0: quotes. But Now, I, I know they can use lasers to push things,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which means it has to have some force, which means it has to have some mass. So, I guess you could have... And everybody knows everything about lasers because we also have real well, genius but, as a kid.
1: Yeah, but <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> they they could have some kind of composition that has a
1: well. Uh,
0: I don't know this a ferrous this, uh, property. Or, I don't yeah, know.
1: this is why lasers push things is because they it is a particle. Well, yeah, so it, particle light is a particle it, too. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so a laser is just multiple photons, <clears> but of course that's only a when you observe it as a photon that it is a photon. If you observe it in another way, then it's, it's a wave. So, um, but it can push things because the photons can, uh, when the photons are bouncing off the object, especially in a vacuum, it'll push things. Um, there's not enough power in a photon to do it. Um, to, uh, overcome air resistance. I think right now you have to have a low pressure kind of system and you have to have a very intense laser um, to do it because, because that's the other dynamic of laser or lights in general is light doesn't interact with light. And all that to say is that multiple beams of light can be on top of each other at the same time, which is why fiber optics works. Uh, and they don't enter, mm-hmm. they, 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 don't interfere with each other, which is why, you, why lasers can be so powerful as it's the culmination of many, 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 many beams of light stuck together in what's called a ray, and that becomes the laser. So um, quite interesting. But it, it, it is, uh, it, it, there's something about uh, the way they've designed the frequencies of this laser and shooting it at just the right point in time and just the right spot that makes it happen.
0: I wonder if that also gives them more understanding to why lightning chooses, so to speak, where it strikes, yeah. because it's kind of—I mean—there's a lot of atmospheric conditions and so forth that can influence it. But yeah, and I it's wonder also, if they're leveraging that a little bit. Yeah, it could be.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, because uh, part of part when you when they photograph lightning and high speed, oftentimes it's the Earth that's shooting the lightning up rather than the lightning mm-hmm. coming down from the cloud. So right. there, there is, you're right. There's just a ton of different variables that go into a lightning strike. Of course, when you see great pictures of lightning strikes, they don't go straight. If, if you've ever been around, have you ever been close to a lightning strike?
0: Uh, no. Yeah. Really.
1: So I've been within 100 feet of one at a campground, oh, wow. actually. Uh, and, you know, at the time, it just looks like something that came straight down. But when you... Get those pictures of it, it's that jagged kind of look out in the atmosphere because it just depends on the rain and, you know, charged particles in the air. So it's quite interesting. So that, uh, because this involved Texas, I wanted to get your opinion on this. So government, gover, government, Governor Newsom in uh, California says 95% of Texans pay more than Californians in taxes. And the Sacramento Bee did a study to see if he was correct. So what do you think the verdict was?
0: Uh, What taxes?
1: Well, they're they're saying all taxes. It just
0: says higher taxes. So we don't have state tax.
1: State income tax.
0: We don't have state income tax. We have property tax. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the cities don't have city taxes either, so he be, he just says pay higher taxes. I'm just going to go ahead and say whatever Gavin Newsom says is wrong. <laughs> I'm hedging my bets, so I, I'm going to say that's incorrect.
1: It actually <laughs> turns out for first word is, is but, but. <laughs> okay. yeah, so. Uh it actually turns out kind of close for most people. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Because your sales taxes are higher in general. So they found uh, that the top 1% of income earners in Texas paid an average of 3.1% in state and local taxes as a share of their income and the uh, top 1% in California paid 12.4%. So but we don't
0: but we don't have st- Oh, not state income taxes. Just, just, just like you said. Okay, yeah. okay.
1: Just taxes in general. So yeah. for the forty percent of the highest earning people, those making, and this is what people don't understand is the top one percent is a doesn't make that much, you know. So here, the forty percent of the highest earning people, those making fifty six. So if if you make fifty six thousand dollars, you're in the forty. Forty percent of the highest earners in Texas. If oh, you're you make above the
0: poverty line, you're above the yeah. Point. yeah. If
1: you're if you make sixty two thousand in California, then you're in that same strata. Uh, hmm. So for that forty percent, the rates are higher in California. Um, that. So their finding is that while California's overall tax collections are higher than in Texas, the drastically different ways in which the two states raise revenue means lower tax bill for many Californian families with moderate incomes. Um, So we don't
0: spend it all. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, that's that's the other thing is, uh, you know, California doesn't need to spend money the way it does. So in general if you're below that if you're in the bottom 60% of tax payers then in Texas you paid $6,335,000 in taxes on average but you had no income tax and you paid $5,000 in property tax and $1,600 in sales tax. So so that's how that 6,000 comes up. 5,000 in property taxes, 1,600 in sales mm. tax. Californians Paid 11946 in taxes, which included the income tax of 5800 5000 in property taxes, and then $1,000 in sales tax. So
0: the property tax, I know we have high property taxes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um but you can't move it. It's yeah. like locked in. Yeah. So one of the reasons we left Illinois is because um, our property value on our property dropped and our taxes doubled because it's at the whim of the city council. Yeah. And it was insane. Uh, And now our house costs a lot more, but it's – I don't want to say it's less. It's still more, but it's Mm -hmm. not proportional. Yeah. And it's locked in. Uh, You you can only pay – it's like a fixed percentage, which is brilliant. But, um, you, you still got the hanky panky with evaluation of your property, mm-hmm. but um,
1: yeah, yeah. The um, so two examples one one when I lived in central Illinois in the same town you lived in one of one of the folks I had a relationship with an older couple who had lived in their house for forty years. Obviously, had paid their house off long ago, but and this is again Illinois. But his property taxes at that point were more—I think 20 percent more than his mortgage ever was on that house, mm-hmm. uh, which just flabbergasted me. Then uh, my last, the last time my job had me, so you know, I was in. Uh, Davenport, Iowa. So we're right across the border from Illinois. But I was talking to a business owner in Moline, Illinois. He had uh, maybe a quarter acre there that um, he had his business on. And I was talking to him about it. And he said he also had uh, a house and six acres of land down in Florida in between Orlando and Tampa down that area which is a very high-populated area. Lots of people go there, right? And uh, he said that he paid more in taxes in Little Moline, Illinois, for his little quarter acre in his business, uh, the property taxes, uh, Mm -hmm. than he did down in Florida. In fact, he said even with six acres in Florida and a house, he paid one quarter the property taxes than he did in Illinois. Which again just flabbergasted me. And he said, When I retire, that's why I bought that house in Florida because we're not sticking around here. It's business was there. But then, but you also got to think that, you know, businesses, they don't, uh, they set their prices to pay their running costs. So the Mm -hmm. state increases property taxes like that and it makes businesses increase their prices. So the cost of living gets higher too because the state, or the county or the city increases the property taxes, which is you know also built into the system. So in in the end, Californians pay more taxes, but uh, in general, Texas is more of a tax system that's commensurate with if you are a consumer, you pay more taxes because you're mm-hmm. you're more sales tax based and your sales tax is higher. It's
0: closer to a consumption tax, yeah, as opposed to a living tax. Yeah. Which, but is- Gavin just doesn't want more people coming here. <laughs> we- now, and I know I'm an immigrant too, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I would prefer it if more Californians didn't come here either. Yeah. I'm sure many of them are lovely people, but um, yeah, many but- of them are not.
1: <laughs> so- you know that that has happened so many times, right? That people oh, yeah. move. Yeah. You know, an interesting study is, uh, on air conditioning and how it changes social dynamic in our country between Mm -hmm. Washington DC and the South, like Texas. So, uh, a little bunny trail we could get on to, but we won't right now. (laughs) Um, so, uh, I do, while we're talking about the economy, uh, there's a story in Fox business, that low CEO physical stores, are biggest central competitive advantage in retail. So the, um the he said the biggest central competitive advantage of brick and mortar retail is your physical stores and your employees that work in those stores mm-hmm. and he goes on to say that we basically have distribution centers everywhere i believe that even during retail apocalypse discussions that the biggest central competitive advantage of retail is do you have brick-and-mortar stores, and can you connect those stores digitally to your online site? And that's what he's really getting at. And so uh, I know one of my kids recently worked at Best Buy, and Best Buy was going this direction. Best Buy is got a plan right now to build smaller stores that just become basically the storefront. The physical plant of the store will be the same, but the storefront or the floor space the display products will be smaller because it's basically going to be a warehouse. Um, yeah,
0: they should, because half of it's empty now. Yeah. And I that that's what they're
1: moving sure. towards. Yeah. So the, yeah. so the, and um, I remember a CEO of a bank that I was talking to once in central Florida or central Illinois, not Florida uh, that really, it, so this is uh, 15 years ago. That I was talking to this, this, CEO of this bank. And, uh, we were talking about internet banking and the banks were just in the early stages of having, uh, websites that people could actually do their banking through. And, uh, what he said was, is early on banks thought they could close all of their bank branches and just do it all online and save money. But the reality is, is that banks are Places that they sell products. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So, and some of their products, of course, is mortgages and, you know, small business loans and personal loans, but checking accounts, people did not engage in uh, that type of commerce at a high level online. So it's just like anywhere else. You walk in someplace and uh, you go in for, this product and a sales associate comes over and they kind of upsell you well that goes on at bank branches all the time and so which is why wells fargo gets in such trouble all the time right yeah (laughs) because there's another
0: dynamic too insurance gets hit with this too where some people have to i mean you're dealing with a lot of money Mm -hmm. especially in a bank but also in insurance and some people aren't willing to just throw money at something electronically. They need to talk to somebody, look them in the eye. Yeah.
1: They need to see the product.
0: Yep. Or Uh, or that, or they need to touch it.
1: Yeah. Touch it, feel it. Uh, So, (laughs) uh, Hey, stay out of eighth grade. Um,
0: (laughs) no, I was going to go, what's the touch it, feel it, smell it, pass it through my lower intestine. (laughs) uh, I can't remember who said that. Pretty funny.
1: So, (laughs) So yeah, so these bank branches weren't selling as much product, so the bank was losing money. So they turned around and started investing in bank branches, and their sales went up. And it's a similar concept here. You got low. I think there's twenty two hundred Lows around North America. Each one of them becomes a distribution center, and as long as the product's small enough, they can get you the product same day. Uh, And of course, some stores utilize Uber and lyft and those as delivery agents but um yeah it, it's something and that's this is why amazon builds warehouses everywhere is to get you the product faster because that's ultimately what people want but the the nice thing about lowe's and like walmart and stuff like that is you can order stuff online they'll have it ready for you to go as you're driving home from work and that's the the key to the future. But if you don't have locations everywhere, that can't happen. And yeah. uh, ultimately, there's a place for Amazon and there's a place for this kind of pickup on your way home from work. And uh, yeah, so I think there's a place for both of them. But I think uh, the Lowe's CEO has a good concept of that. And Lowe's website, not the best, but it does connect you into that kind of that kind of uh, shopping where um you go on so i'm lowe's and walmart are the two places i shop online while i'm in the store
0: yeah and they have like little apps you can see what aisle stuff is yeah. In sometimes yeah lowe's does
1: and home depot does too but home yeah. depots has never let me down like yeah.
0: home depot so never, ours are both close that's never correct
1: uh, but lowe's you know is the other
0: lowe's. thing amazon has done people talk about price but actually you live in a big area like we do so i often can get stuff same day mm-hmm. and i don't have to do anything special just what the heck is this oh yeah i ordered this stupid little thing this morning yeah and somebody drives by and drops it off mm-hmm. oh, wow okay so
1: nah. yeah I, but I'm, yeah
0: i'm always going to the store so for food because yeah there there, it's it's still a diverse market we'll put it that way just
1: yeah so there's an there's yeah there's a a spot for all of these retail outlets Mm -hmm. uh but uh i i'm reminded that um the true nature of our our economy is from commerce and so as long as commerce keeps happening our economy is going to be okay um so I want to close out our, uh, time today with this, uh, hats off to this Amazon delivery driver as we talk about that, who <laughs> shares a harrowing ordeal after falling 13 feet into a septic tank. So basically, uh, his name's Charles Amagenlo, um, delivers for uh, Amazon in Apple Valley, California. He noticed a big hole in the ground on this customer's property, puts their package up on the porch, and then uh he sees the hole and he starts walking around it, but it's an old septic tank and then the side collapses. And so he falls down in the septic tank. Of course, as a good American in uh 2023, takes a selfie while he's down in the septic pit. <laughs> he takes a little video to put up on tiktok or something like that yeah here's a nice picture of him standing in all the sewage uh and then uh he was on the tucker carlson show and tucker carlson asked him if he considered calling it a day and having a beer instead of returning to work and and the guy said i did consider it uh but you know the, the reason I uh, did this is uh, clip the story for today is just his attitude. He said, another big thing is that I had not completed my route or attempted to at least uh, other drivers would have already been out there and done their entire routes would get stuck having to finish my route. He said, and I just didn't think that it would be fair to them either. But I did voluntarily offer to take my but I did voluntarily offer to stay out and take my route. So, which I, I think that's commendable.
0: Oh, absolutely. Especially his rationale. It's not like duty to the company. It was duty to the company and his coworkers. Yeah. He didn't want to, I know exactly how he feels. He didn't want to ruin anybody's day. So, cool.
1: Yeah. Which I, you what know, a nice guy. My hat's <laughs> off to him because of, yeah. because of that.
0: Now, I assume he went and took a shower first. but what? Uh, Or yeah. changed clothes.
1: <laughs> uh, it, you know, he's probably driving an Amazon Prime truck. So, uh, you know, who knows?
0: You just open boxes and take clothes? What?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it does. Wow. Amazon music's not being nice today. You hear it skipping in the background? That's kind of crazy. Well, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> I don't know what's happening. We're all going to die. Uh, <laughs> oof. Well, that's kind of crazy.
0: Your laser isn't bringing in a light. Yeah, the laser's not working. On? So
1: anyway, well, hats off to the, you know, the, I don't yeah. know if the, do they share those Amazon trucks? Like some guy drives it in the morning. Another guy drives it in the afternoon. Do you want to be the guy that follows him in the sewage truck? <laughs> So I wonder if that truck has a moniker now. So anyway, well, that's about it for today. We want to thank you all for joining us and uh, being part of our conversation here at the Virtual Waffle House. Uh, We'll be back soon with another episode. I'm Scott. And And I'm Tom. And you're Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye from the northern latitudes.
0: And goodbye from the land of taxes in Texas. There you
1: go. Thanks for joining our podcast community. God bless you. We'll see you next time.
0: Yeah, be seeing you.